called to make the world brighter, to run on the front lines, to cast vision where it had not yet landed. You are not gifted to be a random burst of energy, but a consistent force that enables the world to hear beauty, see potential, and write stories in a way that points the world to Jesus. Provoke and inspire. Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. Yes, welcome everyone. We're so glad that you are sitting around that global campfire with us right now, having that that marshmallow. Warm, warm mocha beverage. If you will. Yes, so David and I, we are in Budapest. It's just us. It's just him and it's just me. In Budapest. And we want to know... Why you're not here with us. I don't know, but whenever you say Pesht, you know, I think that is how the locals say it, Budapest. Yes, I know. It just I know. makes me squeamish. I don't know I know. why. I know. I was, I, I actually was out on the street yesterday just going for a walk before one of the shows, and I said Budapest to someone, and they thought that I was drinking. Well, I don't know if that was because <laughs> of the word you used. That might have been the staggering. They're like, come on, can't you just talk clearly? Take it easy, Sailor McGee. That's exactly that right. That rhymed, and you know it. That's uh, right. Anyway, this is the Provoke and Inspire podcast, calling radical followers of Jesus. <laughs> I totally screwed that up. <laughs> calling followers of Jesus to radical faith in secular culture, or radical faith followers of secular radical culture. <laughs> Maybe it's something What's in weird? The water. What's weird is is that we're sharing the same microphone, so we're almost like cheek to cheek here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's a little uncomfortable. Wasn't that a Liza Minnelli song? <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't know. That's a little before my time. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I, anyway, so this is an unusual podcast, not just because David and I are cheek to cheek, and yes. that's face. <laughs> anyway, let's keep moving on. <laughs> um, as promised, uh, we are doing a question and answer podcast. So we are doing an entire podcast dedicated to answering your questions. We were going to have Luke and Chad on, and then we thought, nah. Why do it? Nah. It's because it's about answering questions, yeah, yeah. not now, raising more questions. Not mumbling and waffling, which exactly. is the other name we have for Chad and Luke. No, anyway, they are. Uh, we are here in person. The scheduling was a little too difficult to coordinate, so we thought, we're going to do it together in person. That's right. So that's what we're doing. Um, again, if you are a fan of this podcast, if you've been encouraged by this podcast, would you consider... Uh, sharing it on social media, would you rate it and review it? We've been getting a growing stream of rates and reviews, so thank you so much for those that, of you that have. Man, what is wrong with me? Yeah, no, thanks for doing that, you guys. It really. I should have uh, done my speaking warm-ups. The tiny lip tiger tangled his way to Tooth Town. There, good. I'm ready to go. So yes, rate. And review, uh, please do that. I know many, many of you listen to this, so if you haven't yet done that, please do that. Preferably give us one of them five-star ratings, and preferably give us a nice comment like, you guys are cool. That's right. We always like those kind of comments, don't we, Ben? We do like those comments. Uh, if you haven't listened to the first part of this uh, new series that we started, uh, I think it's actually this week. I don't know where I am or what day of the week it is. Uh, we started and started to release a series that we recorded in person in April called Hold Fast, Fight Hard, and Stick Together. Uh, we are both streaming it on Facebook and, mm -hmm. of course, sharing it live as an audio podcast. So part one was on Wednesday. You can go back and watch that on Facebook or check it out on you know iTunes, SoundCloud, where, wherever we release this. Otherwise, we'll release part two on Tuesday next week. 
Uh, and then every week from then on is a four-part series, so consider checking that out. Anyway, without any further ado, David's Random Story. Before I get into the uh, the random story, oh, man. I got another uh, text from Nigel. That's the only way he'll he communicates. Is uh, for those of you that are new, uh, Nigel Nigel pictures. is a silent clown, so that's why he only texts. But he sent me a text recently, and he said he I don't know. Some of you might not understand this, but for those of you in the, in the southern hemisphere, you will. He was just going on and on about how much he hates Skippy the bush kangaroo, and he's like. <laughs> And I'm going, Nigel, how can you hate Skippy? And he said, he's always skipping around. He thinks he's better than everyone else. He hates that little boy going, what's wrong, girl? You know? And it's Wait, like, isn't he's that like. Lassie? Was it? I don't think that was well, so Skippy. Ni- so Nigel has got, what did they say to I don't Skippy? Know. Skippy had like a sidekick, <laughs> sidekick to past tense named Wallaby the Moose. No, but no, seriously, doesn't Skippy have like. What, what, what did Skippy like? do? A Skippy expert, carry on. But then Skippy would like have all these these like adventures and save people, I guess. What? Your phone. No, buzzed. so Man, sorry. You're such an amateur. So carry anyway, on. so anyway, I I don't know. For those of you that understand this, he oh, and he and basically he said he would like it if if he wasn't he was Skippy the sausage. So. <laughs> <laughs> what is? I, does this story have a point or what? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm not, listen, when Nigel sends me stuff, oh, and then he's like, oh, now you can, like, Luke can put, go put his little suit on and tiny little suit and skip around with him. And I'm not really sure where all this anger comes from. Wasn't there some sort of story about Luke where he would dance around in his sausage suit? No, a salad suit. Oh, a salad suit. Yeah, yeah. His all right, l- get on with it. So, so anyway, um, I don't know, for those of you that may or may not know, my whole, uh, I started my band in Amsterdam, and uh, so and I I wanted to look good as you do when you're in a band, and I I look pretty cool, and I so I was going to actually a band practice. You understand? Ah, a band practice. Yeah, and so I was walking down the street uh, towards the band practice room, and uh, as I'm walking, all of a sudden, this policeman grabbed me and threw me against a wall. And I'm like, he's going, put your hands against the wall. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm just going to band practice. And he's like, be quiet. And then this lady walks by. And this lady walks by and goes, is that him? What? (laughs) I'm serious. And she goes, is that him? And she goes, no. And so then the the police guy goes, all right, you can go. Wow. Wow. I know. Talk about kicking A but then asking questions. I know, and I thought, come on, is that right? Can you just throw somebody against a wall like that for no particular reason when he's going to band practice? Well, what were you dressed like? Just a normal, I just had, you know, I I don't know, pretty normal. But then, so, you know, and I try to move on with the trends, right? You know, as you do. You want to, you know, so... Uh, quit giving that hand motion to Mo talk faster. <laughs> well, now that we're I in think person, is, I can hurry yeah. you along because so, you're waffling. I'm not waffling. So, so then we were doing a show in Berlin like a week and a half ago, and then someone came up to me, and I thought they were going to say, oh, wow, what a great show or whatever, and they said, are you on drugs? Just, <laughs> yeah. just straight up. Just like they didn't ask. They weren't like commenting on anything. They just said, are you on drugs? 
Did you know the person, or was that just no? It was just some ran- no, some random person in Berlin. Well, were you? No. Well, I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, that's the random story for the day. <laughs> There's been a trend in this entire episode of you being questioned for the use of chemicals in one way or the other. Well, I wasn't questioning for the use of chemicals in Amsterdam. I was just being, you know, I should have made, man, if someone could have had that on video that, I could have, that would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah, I could have used it as like well, a you harassment know what they say. thing, you know. You know what they say, where there is smoke, there, there beeth a burn. That's true. That's what Nigel always yeah, says. Yeah, similar to where the ox lays, don't muzzle the mule. That's right. And Skippy, if you're out there, we salute you. All right. Anyway, random story in the books. I don't know what the moral of the story is. Something. Yeah, I don't know either because, I, like I said, I, I've been victimized, and uh, I'm just trying to, to accept it, I guess. you know. Yeah. Well, and, and the, I guess the moral is if, if you're constantly being accused of using chemicals. I wasn't accused constantly. Go on. It happened. The first example had nothing to do with being used using chemicals. There may it, have been chemicals involved. Anyway, I, there you have it. Uh, so as I mentioned prior to the shenanigans, we are doing a podcast dedicated to answering your questions. And uh, so we have a lot. Thank you so much for all of you that sent in questions uh, whether it was on Facebook, whether it was through Provoke and Inspire at ComeAndLive.com or Instagram or Twitter. Uh, you don't have to wait for an invitation to do that. Please be sending in questions uh, whenever they come to you. We really want this to be more and more interactive. Uh, if you know the questions continue to come in, we can try to slip one or two in uh, in every single podcast. So please continue to do so as those come to your mind. Uh, we have too many questions to get to in one podcast. So Uh, In no particular order, we'll just try to get through them the best we can, uh, and then we can do a part two uh, to get to those questions. So we will get to everyone's question eventually. Yeah, we will. So unless, you know, they were... Bad questions. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not that any one of you wrote bad questions. No, they were all whimsical and... and Fresh. Fresh. So, all right, without further ado, first question from Leon Humphrey, a very regular listener and loyal fan. Thank you so much, Leon. We salute you. First question. How can you be radical within your church, especially when it's becoming more and more traditional and conservative, David, thoughts? Yeah. Um, again, I think... I think when it comes to your your community, your Christian community, your actions are going to be the thing that are going to speak the most. And so I think when it comes to to your church or then the best the best thing to do is to demonstrate what you are feeling challenged to live. So if you feel like Jesus is saying I need to I need to reach out to my neighbors more or I need to seek God more, then then uh, start doing that and maybe invite one person or other people, hey, do you want to do this with me? But not in in terms of not not in the way of trying to to uh, condemn people or uh, tell them how they're not doing things right, but rather demonstrating yourself that kind of attitude, and that will that will be contagious. I mean, I've seen that where I've just felt, man, I need to see God move more in my my situation, and I'll just start praying like with one other person, and I won't even make a big deal out of it, and it just starts growing. And like like God's power starts moving, and but it comes it comes in a very uh, positive way, and in a way that that causes new vision and excitement to come into your church. So that would be my advice. Yeah, you know I think we talk about this a lot that 
I don't think it's uncommon that there can be a bit of a cultural divide within a church. Um, and, and we are pro church. We are the church. And, and so even though, you know, Steiger and come and live are not necessarily church planting organizations, we're, we're very much working hand in hand with churches. And I, I think having a servant attitude about it, having a, a humble heart, recognizing that, you know, you're not just because you're new and young doesn't necessarily mean that you've got everything right. I, I think there can be an arrogance in youth, and I'm not, I'm not saying that's what this question is implying by any means. Um, it's more of a dovetail to say that, you know, there can be an arrogance to youth, that you think that, oh, the older people in the church don't get it, haven't done anything, when the odds are they, there were probably a, very, a lot of very radical people in the church doing amazing things prior to you. And, and, and so I, I think the things that always resonate, like you said, are having a servant heart, um, fruit, right, is, is, is universal. Yeah. Everyone understands and in theory should be on the same page in terms of wanting to see people reached. Uh, and so I'm being patient with the differences in methodology and then, and then really um, looking to uh, bridge the gap, looking to invite um, them in and also listening, right? Yeah. Listening yeah. to the older people in your church or, and, and, and really saying, what do you think? How, how, and inviting them into the process and, and really striving for unity um, and then, and then recognizing that it's okay that there's different things going on in the church, reaching different people. That we don't all necessarily have to use the same methods or have the same thing, as long as it's about Jesus and about loving people and about reaching people. You know, uh, who's the the uh, the pastor in New York of that big Hillsong? Oh, Carl trip? Lentz. Yeah, and he says something that's really quite profound. And he said, "There's hardly any situation that wouldn't benefit from a little humility." Huh. And so I think that. It's always you're going to always come out ahead if you err on humility, and then just be. You know what I mean? And uh, you know. But saying all that, I think there are situations where you can be in a church where it's unhealthy and you need to go. Don't you think? Yeah. No, I don't think you you just blindly or or just continue down a road of a church maybe that's becoming less evangelistic or a church that is becoming inward and insular. I I don't think that. I, I just think there is kind of a um, an air, like I said, an arrogance in youth where you think that the church doesn't get it. And, and you're, um, you're just as attached to your non-biblical, extra-biblical methodology as they are. And so you, there's, it's, you need to kind of find common ground again in Jesus. Uh, and then you're able to distinguish, I think, the essential from the non-essential and what, what kind of is critical in that divide. Yeah. And again, it's always the, if I want to see if I want to see radical whatever in my situation, it always starts with me. It always begins with me. And so I think if I, if I just look at myself and then I do what I feel like I'm supposed to do with a humble attitude, God really will use that. Yeah, and, and even in some leadership resources I've been listening to, it's like you can't lead others before you lead yourself. So if you want to see others in your church become more radical, become more radical. Be, exactly. Be bold. Be doing things, and that's contagious, and then that'll give you the platform and authority uh, to say follow me. Come, let's do this together. Right, right. So yep. thank you for that question. Question two from Robert Kroontje, and I, it might be Dutch, or it might be a guy living in the U.S. who was Dutch at some point, but either way, thanks for the question, and it is, how do you live a life focused on Jesus when there is a sea of controversy involving the church and the world that is not focused on Jesus? Yeah, that's a great question, Robert. Um, that's why I don't use the word Christian now when I talk about who I am. as I say follower of Jesus because Christian has become such a um, distorted term for a lot of people. It's become political, or if you're doing things in the Middle East, 
Uh, it's like they have this whole idea of these paramilitary uh, governments and, and uh, all this kind of bad stuff that's happened. So, so I just say I'm a follower of Jesus, and I talk about Jesus. And I think a lot of people reject a false image of Jesus, and so when they see who the true Jesus is, they're going to want to follow him. And so to me, it's about, I say, I'm a follower of Jesus, and then I explain what that means. Because you're right, there is a lot of controversy in the the church, and I don't mean that in the positive view of the church, but what people have done in the name of Jesus that has nothing to do with Jesus. And so I think you got to be really careful to define what you mean when you say that you follow Jesus. Yeah, and, and maybe, I'm not sure, I mean, that relevant indeed, yeah. but I, I, maybe guessing at what the point of your question was from a different angle. So you're saying that I didn't even answer Robert's no. question? No, that was a Chad answer. Well, anyway, Robert, I hope you enjoyed my pontification that did not in <laughs> any way answer your question. Maybe, I mean, maybe it did, but let me take a stab at it. I think part of it is there's so many peripheral debates. There's so many things in the world that you could get so wrapped up in, whether it's political debates, whether it's – or even like very um, fringe theological debates or things like that, that that maybe feel off the topic. And we, we talk a lot about this, that there – I think there is so much work to be done in the basics that, that for me, I find myself um, – less and less motivated to waste my energy focusing on things that I think are just non-critical. Ultimately, yes, I think every little detail of Scripture is important and the minutia of theology and all that, but the world needs to hear about Jesus, right? And there's a reason why um, the gospel message is is difficult to follow but very simple in its presentation and that, that we just need to be telling people they need to surrender to Jesus. And in terms of all of the other stuff— I think the solution ultimately is in Jesus and in the gospel. So if people understand that, if people recognize their sin and, and know that need, they need to surrender, understand that Jesus came and died for them and raised from the dead so that they could know him, then all of these other things kind of fall into the right context and you can view those things in the correct lens. Mm-hmm. One of our missionaries in Turkey for many years, he said that, you know, if I'm going to offend anyone, I want to offend them with a cross. Uh, the irony is that he actually has a lot of <laughs> radical views on a lot of things. But Yes, but we love him. We love him anyway. And if you're listening, we love you, brother, and yes. we can't wait to see you again. Yes, but that's my heart, too, is if I'm going to offend someone, I think it's like Paul. I, I want to offend with a cross, not not a political debate, not some peripheral theological debate. I, there's enough offending to do with a simple, pure message of who Jesus is and what he did, so that would be my focus. Good question, Robert. Yes. Okay, moving along. Uh, this is a question that was a little bit indirect. It's from a guy named, and I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher your last name, Pascal Deshaies. I hope I got it right. Uh, this, these were questions extracted from interaction with uh, that you had uh, on message with our um, coordinator of discipleship and communication within Come and Live, uh, Maureen Hurst. Shout out to you. And, and I actually forgot to mention on the last podcast that, that – <laughs> Maureen actually has a husband. His name is Denny. He actually does. We don't some know stuff. what he does. No, we we're not sure if he does. Let's anything. Sl- I think we should salute Denny. Okay. Nah, I didn't have the button ready. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so the, he asked a lot of questions, and they were good questions. Uh, so we're going to try to get to them, and they were this first one: in a saturated media landscape, how can we remain relevant using media? Well, I think that's a challenge always has been a challenge. I mean, there's more bands than people. There's more people doing podcasts than 
I mean, it's people, just people, there's, you know, <laughs> it's always been saturated. So I don't know if this is a new thing. I think the thing that the way that you distinguish yourself is by actually saying things that are compelling, by actually um, being willing to address topics that other people are not willing to address, not not to, just to be a provocateur, provocateur but, but someone who is willing to stand up against this, you know, because to be a follower, a true follower of Jesus is to go against culture. It's to walk up the stream, not go down the stream with everybody else. For me, I think the big thing is being authentic. Um, I think the problem out there is that there's a lot of people that talk but don't really do. Um, And so, you know, if you want to make, along with what David said, I think if you want to make your media, whether it's videos, whether it's your music, whether it's a podcast or speaking, I, I think the way um, to start is to actually live what you are speaking about or singing about or writing about. I think um, there's a lot of just sort of theorists out there who are talking yeah. about things that they're not actually doing. And of course, it's not about being perfect. Um, but, you know, we're here uh, in Budapest. You know, we had a show last night. We have a show tonight. We're going to be in one of the most central locations in all of Budapest. And, you know, we have the immense privilege of sharing a clear gospel message Um so then I can get on a podcast in a week and, t- and tell you about that and share our struggles, share you know what we're going through, but also tell you, speak about something that we're actually doing. And I think maybe that's what gives us some authority. So, so I would say one way to distinguish yourself is, like David said, dare to say what's true in a world that has relativized everything. Dare to take creative risks would be another one I would say that David, I'm sure, would agree with. You know, don't be defined by the rules. Try, try new things. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of funny to me how few artists really dare to try anything new, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, and and again, I think that it takes courage, right? It takes courage, and it takes having vision, and 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 there's even a little bit of a foolishness in it because you're breaking the mold, and we've been so conditioned to stay within the herd and not outside of it. Um, so, but so those two things, and then yeah, and then live it, right? That I mean, I, I you when you hear from someone that that is just has illustration after illustration from their real life that just lends such great authority. Yeah, and I mean, what gives, it's, a, it's true with everything. What gives you authority on stage is what you do off stage, and uh, that's, that's how you have authority. It's like, you know, you'll hear someone speak, and they'll say, they'll say something, and it's just like, whatever, and then you'll hear someone else say exactly the same thing, and it has this weight. You know, and it's because of their life. It's because of what that their life and their relationship with God, their, you know, and in your art, it's no different. And in your whatever kind of communication you do, it's no different. Yeah, for sure. Uh, He asks another question. um, When words like Jesus and radical have become so polarizing and so loaded in our culture today, are these the best words to use? I'm paraphrasing his question a little bit. you know, basically says along the same lines, some people feel offended or even scared by anything radical and prefer to be approached with kindness and a lot of space uh, for a, a long process of, of receiving Jesus. Um, what do you think about this idea of, of sort of loaded words in our culture today, even radical being sort of linked with extremism and that type of thing? Yeah, well, I understand the question, but I, I, I actually think that people are hungry for something a little radical. And uh, yeah, but it's more the, the question is more semantic. Yeah, but but again, if when I like when we do our show, and uh, you know, I, I I get to the part where I I say Jesus. You know, I'll talk about uh, God is uh, you're not a, an accident. You weren't created by some explosion in the sky. 
uh, about this this uh, the greatest life force that exists, you know. And I can even say things like God, and the audience is all, yeah, cool, God, you know, or a great life force. Everyone's cool with that. But then when I say, and this this great Father, this 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 uh, life force that holds the universe together with this power, sent part of Himself to the earth, and when He sent Jesus to the earth, it's like a line is drawn in the sand. Well, yeah, Jesus. I mean, let's just be clear. I don't know if you can. Jesus is kind of non-negotiable. I mean, yeah. Jesus is Jesus. I don't. Loaded or not, I don't think you can avoid using the word Jesus. Radical, maybe. I think there's other ways. I mean, radical has become such a loaded term because of extremism, because of terrorism. So I, I think you could get around using sure. radical, well, even though I use radical all the time. But you, I mean, you say more things like authentic, or I'll say, you know, I'm not talking about a, a piece of jewelry that you wear around your neck. You know, this is not who we're talking about. Yeah, but again, we talk a lot about the relevance of language and, and how sensitive and aware, I don't know if sensitive, ironically, I don't know if sensitive is the word I meant to use for how Jesus communicated, but we are always weighing up words. I mean, David, you are a guardian of the words we use and don't use. Like, for example, you know, you hate the word base that's so linked with missions, right? I right, mean, right. Yeah, because it's a military term. That's where it comes from, like a military base. And so we have different locations uh, in our mission of in Steiger around the world, and for a while it was being called Steiger bases. And I don't like that terminology because it's not a base. I like we're like a center or a location because words matter, and I think it's really important the words that you use. Yeah, and, and so again, I think that's about being able to discern and differentiate between the the sort of critical. And non-critical, right? I mean, when words don't, you know, Jesus, you can't really get around that, of course. But there are many ways that you can communicate more relevantly and and with less baggage than 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 you know other words. So you, there is a wisdom there. Yeah, and I think also it's about we talk about this a lot. Is you show them who Jesus is first, and then you say it's Jesus. So we don't come up, you know, we don't like tonight in Budapest, you know, and. I expect if the weather stays nice like it is right now, there will be there could be thousands of people at our show. I don't get up on stage at the start of our show and go, "We're here in the name of Jesus," you know, because like you say, that would be too controversial, and uh, and people would just go, "No, I'm out of here." Instead, we show them who Jesus is, we let them see who what Jesus is like, and after doing all of that, we say, "And this is Jesus," and people go, "I want to know this Jesus." Yeah, yeah. So it's a great question. Uh, it's got a lot of aspects to it. Um, last question that we're going to get to again. If we didn't answer your question, there are a lot of great questions, um, and we will get to them. I mean, we we've had a lot of questions about Tim Lambesis and Azalea dying, and and we're working on uh, on we're going to get to that. There's a potentially exciting announcement related to that. Um, there's a question from Sammy, who's actually uh, part of our Steiger Finland, not base, location, area, center. Lo- Sammy, location. Yes, Sammy. Sammy, yeah. Sammy, it's it's really sad story with him because he's from Finland, and he didn't actually see the sun until he was 14 years old. Did you know right, that? Right, right. And, and his first polar bear that he rode to school died on the way yeah, to the he school had, from like, lack of sunlight. The, the snow was like two meters deep, and he was he had to live in a tunnel, right. apparently, until he was, you know. I don't Before know. he moved to Helsinki. <laughs> we love you. We love you, and Sammy. All, and all Finns everywhere. But he wants to know about the whole family dynamic and, and serving with your wife and missions and all that. 
we need about 19 hours to unpack that craziness. So we'll get to that at some point. Uh, but no, we will. We're going to actually make some of these into full podcasts. Uh, many, many great questions. So if we didn't get to it, we will. Oh, yes. We will. We will. So one last question. There is a, uh, there's a question here. It's a light one from Brittany Johnson. And she asks, what's been inspiring you personally, um, podcasts or otherwise? What's kind of been on your mind, David? Well, I've been really uh, listening a lot to uh, Jordan Peterson, who is a, a uh, professor in, uh, I think it's University of Toronto. Yep. And uh, anyway, I've been really, I've been listening a lot to him, and I'm just really inspired by his intellect and the way he's approaching a lot of these difficult questions when it comes to gender confusion and, and all of these kinds of issues. So, so Jordan Peterson has been my man lately. Wow. All right. Um, yeah, for me, uh, David actually is, I don't know where I was or what cave I was hiding in, but I've also been listening, uh, to Jordan Peterson a little bit very recently. Um, one that's been really, I don't know how I got on this tangent, but, uh, I was home for a while in a break from tour and I, uh, started listening a lot to a leadership podcast, uh, by Craig Groeschel. Um, so some of you may have heard of him, uh, incredible leadership podcast, um, very practical, um, you know, it's not even maybe even exclusively for Christians as much as it's about leadership in general, general, um, very much undergirded by spiritual principles. And so uh, that's been really on my mind, um, just the heart of, of, you know, how can you lead well? How can you empower people? You know, just challenging kind of the me-focused uh, leadership that can creep in so easily. Um, and, and just also the idea that, that you know, Jesus really invested and served and and, and brought the best out in these, these, you know, ultimately world changing disciples of his and, and feeling that same burden to, um, not just want to create people in my life that can do tasks that can kind of just go from A to B, but really empowering people, um, to own things, to, uh, to really care. And, and, you know, he talks a lot about, you can either develop a team or you can develop leaders and developing leaders just going to exponentiate whatever God is calling you to. Uh, so Craig Groeschel, um, the leadership podcast, I, I forget the exact title, but if you just look him up, you'll be able to find that pretty easily. Uh, I don't know. Anything else inspiring you, David? Anything whimsical, light, and happy? Well, it's funny because, like I already said, you know, Ben and I have to use, share the same uh, microphone, and so we've been very close to each other during this podcast, and that's really inspired me a lot. In some ways, you could say that this has brought us together when life has wedged us apart. I would say the wedged has been definitely decreased, if you will. Yes, there is a minimal wedging <laughs> as we are cheek to cheek in our little hut here in Budapest. Hey, we love you guys. Thanks for answer for asking questions. We'll get <laughs> we'll get to the we'll get to the rest of your questions. This is why I end the podcast. Oh, you end it. You yeah. end it. Thanks well, sorry. for answering our well, questions. Well, I don't I thought you were just kind of going. It was getting kind of like I wanted to push the the uh eject button yeah so but yeah thank you for listening to the provoke and inspire podcast again if you do appreciate this podcast if it does provoke and or inspire you please consider sharing this uh you can do it on social media or just you know be radical uh there's that word again and share it face to face with a buddy go cheek to cheek and say yo check out the provoke and inspire podcast rate and review i promise we'll get to the rest of your questions uh, and as for now, talk to you next time. Ooh, maybe that could be my ending. And as for now, talk to you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire, the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provokeandinspire at comeandlive.com. <laughs>